Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Well, hello, everybody. We're back again. And this time, Marianne, you've got a, a story for us that's that involves some kind of, for some of us, maybe gross little things. Yeah, you know, I guess that's what makes the world so unique. Everybody's just different enough where some people like things and other people love things and other people hate things, but that's what makes us all unique. But this particular couple was named Tilly and Bill. And they were in their late 50s. They were both first-generation Americans. And that's important because with the rest of the story, all four of their parents had died in Europe. And they were very ethnic. They had no children, but between their activities and their food, I mean, it was definitely old world type food and they were very educated and they worked really hard their whole life and they could retire when they were 55, which was really nice for them. They had no problems. Uh, They were, you know, they were going to be just fine and they loved the outdoors. They were actually very healthy. They loved the outdoors. They loved to go camping, hiking. All of all of that stuff that I don't do because my idea of camping is the Holiday Inn without room service. So camping is not where I go. But when they were, you know, one morning they got up and her husband was reading the paper and he said to her, you know, the woods that we like to go hiking at? She goes, yeah. He says, you remember that two-story cabin? It's built up on the hill. She goes, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. The, the creek runs right by it. He said, yeah. He said, it's an estate sale. It's for sale. She says, you're kidding me. He said, no, you want to go take a look? And she goes, yes. Me so, too. <laughs> yeah, everybody, let's go see it. <laughs> so they went, and it was a two-story cabin. Beautiful. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And like I said, he had died. And it felt really good. It looked good. He had originally built it and he loved it, him and his wife. And then she had died. Then he died. And the kids, he had a lot of kids and the kids started fighting. Who should, I think there were like eight kids. And They sort of decided that they would keep it and let the family use it whenever they wanted to go, like for a week or something. It was big enough where two of the families could go. Actually, Bill and Tilly bought it, and they absolutely loved it. Absolutely no problems in the house at all. I had done some work for Bill's sister, so that's how they knew me. Um, I'd never met Bill, but I did remember his sister and, you know, just normal people, but again, very ethnic people. I mean, 
the, the type of thing where, you know, it's, um, they eat tongue and they eat, you know, like blood sausage and a lot of kibasi and dumplings and, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy food. Three neighbors came over to them and introduced themselves and they were talking and everything. And it was fall. And the neighbor said, well, tomorrow morning we're going mushroom picking. Do you want to come mushroom picking with us? And they said, wow, we always wanted to know how to do that. We love mushrooms. And they said, well, come with us. There's, you know, just the four of us will go out and we'll show you which ones are good and which ones aren't good. We learn from our family who were also born in Europe. So, and again, and I have to be very honest about this. My mother and father, every fall, went mushroom picking. They would come home with bushels of mushrooms. And they would all carry one of those. It was like made out of reed, a basket with the handle. They would put their arm through the handle. And they had their mushroom cutting knife and they would cut them off and put them in the basket and then dump them in a bigger bushel until everybody had what they wanted. And we used to can them. And there was, I, my father was actually Bohemian and there were more ways for him to cook mushrooms. I mean, it was, you could make a three course meal out of mushrooms. It That's so at any rate. Bill and Tilly were real happy about learning how to do this. And so they went out with them and they got quite a few bushels of mushrooms. They went back to Bill and Tilly's house. They cleaned them. They parboiled them. They canned them. And they were loving it. And they went out like two more times that fall and got some more mushrooms. And then the one time uh, Bill and Tilly just went out by themselves. And they didn't find a lot. It was close to the end of the season. Snow was already starting, and you're not going to get a lot of mushrooms once it snows. So they got maybe half of a bushel full, not very much. And it was about three months after that that Bill thought he saw a shadow person in the house. Now, they he had everything in the house, never heard anything in the house. But Bill sort of remembered when his sister was talking about this. And he said something to Tilly. He says, you remember when my sister had that ghost in her house and it was, she saw him like a shadow. She said, yeah, yeah, I remember. She said, she just wasn't on Tilly's radar. And... She said, but I don't know. And he says, well, I keep seeing somebody down in the hallway. And when I glance up, he's not there. He said, and I've been really tired lately and I've got a bad headache all the time. How are you feeling? She said, I'm okay. She says, but I'm getting really angry. She, she said, because every time I go to the pantry, they called it a root cellar. It really wasn't a pantry in this cabin. It was built and it was a cold room. And good for potatoes and onions and root vegetables and canning stuff. She said, every time I go down to get something out of the, the cellar, she says, the stuff is rearranged. Now, what they did, every time they made a new batch of mushrooms, they would take them down to the cellar 
they would move the mushrooms that were there to the front and put the jars, the new jars, in the back so they could rotate and eat, you know, didn't get stuff that would spoil. So she said, and she says, these mushrooms, these jars of mushrooms keep moving around. She says, I don't know what's going on with that. He said, what are you talking about? She's told him. And he said, I haven't touched them. I swear I haven't touched them. She goes, well, I know you didn't touch them. Why would you touch them? And then she says, and ha ha, Bill, why would a ghost touch them? And he said, yeah, okay. Well, sure enough, didn't she see the shadow man? Came out of her bedroom and walked in the hallway to go padded, go pad down the hallway to the kitchen to start coffee for breakfast. And she thought she saw, saw the ba- somebody standing in the bathroom door. And she's thinking to herself as she's walking down the hall, I never heard him get out of bed. How did he get into the bathroom that fast? And guess what? It wasn't Bill. <laughs> it was Shadow Man. And that's, that, that's when they had it. So she calls me up and she tells me what's going on. And I'm all excited because they really, my parents really didn't allow us kids to go with them when they went mushroom picking. I wish they had because I would, I would do that if I knew good ones from bad ones. And, but I I wouldn't trust myself now. So they call me up and I go out. And there's a man there. His name is Andrew. He's 82 years old. And I we were sitting around their, their, their kitchen table. And I said, his name is Andrew. And they looked at each other. And Bill said, what's his last name? And I told him. And he went, that's the man who built this house. I says, and you've lived here for two years and you've never noticed anything until now? And I looked up at Andrew and I said, what's that about? And he said, oh, I don't come around that often. He said, I-, I come over, you know, on occasion. He said, but I have eight children, 17 grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. He says, I got all kinds of places to visit. He says, I, I don't mess around. He says, up here, I, why wouldn't I go stay with my family? And I says, but when you stay with them, don't you notice that the kids are sick or they're sick? He says, yeah, I never stayed that long. He said, I'll stay two or three days and then buzz over to one of the other kids or one of the grandkids. He says, so I don't cause them any problems. He says, yeah, when I first died, I saw if I stayed too long that they would get sick. And I said, okay. I said, you know, if you go with the light, You can stay with them for as long as you like, whatever you like, and you won't make any problems. And he just looked at me and he said, I'll think about it. So I said, so what's going on here with this? With this? Why are you here? He said, I am a a mushroom person also. And he says, these woods are very, very good for mushroom picking. He said, but they have some poisonous mushrooms downstairs. I said, what? 
And he said, yep, he says, they weren't the ones when they went with the neighbors. But when they went alone, they came back and they didn't have very many. He said, there's like only four or six jars of them. And I looked at Bill and Tilly and I said, do you remember when you just went mushroom picking with the two of you? She said, yeah. I said, and you couldn't find very many? She said, yeah. And I said, and were you guys positive that they were ones that were not poison? She said, yeah, they look just like the other ones. And Andrew shaking his head, no, 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 no. And I said, no, they are not the same as the other ones. She says, well, I know the ones that look like a, a balloon, if you touch them, if they pop open and all this stuff flies out of them. I said, yeah, spores. I says, and those are poisonous. I know them. I says, just like the ones that end up in your front yard from the dog being walked are not mushrooms you can eat. I said, so I, you know, she said, you need to show me. So we went down to the cellar and Andrew pointed them out and there she goes, okay. And he said, those have to go out. Those are poisonous. And I looked at Andrew, I said, did you check the rest? Are they all okay? And he said, yeah, they're fine. And so she took two jars upstairs. She says, oh, you can take these home. She says, I know you haven't had anything like this in years. And I said, yeah, I really haven't. But I did throw them out when I got home because I didn't trust them. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little worried. Yeah. I, nah. So I, I, I did let them go. And so Andrew went to the light. He was absolutely fine with it. And Andrew said to me, and, and I had to laugh. He said, you know, he says, I can tell you where to tell them to pick mushrooms that have a very special quality to them. Oh, no. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, funny mushrooms, magic mushrooms, special mushrooms. He goes, yep. And I said, they don't need to know, and I don't want to know, and I'm not telling them. I says, and this has scared the habijis out of them, and they will probably never go picking mushrooms again. After probably learned their lesson, <laughs> and uh, will not be going out alone. Right, 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 right. Now was yeah. he like moving the poisonous ones like off to the side? Yeah, or he would kept pushing them behind the ones, so they when they would move up, they would be in the back. And she knew this particular set because there were so few of them. The other jars, there were many of them. And she just, I, and I said to her, I said, you never tried one of those. She said, no. She says, we tasted them. We each had one when we were cooking them. She said, and they were strong, but they, they didn't make us sick. And I says, well, you know, poison mushrooms don't always kill people, but they can make you really ill. And she said, they didn't. And she said, and we hadn't really cooked anything yet that we wanted that much, that strong of a mushroom taste. So that's why they hadn't actually opened up one of these jars. But you figure with just two of them, and they weren't quart, they were only pint-sized jars. Mm -hmm. But still, 
one mushroom could kill you. Yeah. And I think parboiling them or canning them doesn't run the poison out. They're still poison. So you don't want them. I, I learned uh, very recently, um, and it's funny because mushrooms are really popular right now, it seems. Um, one of my employees really likes mushrooms and somehow in talking with her, you know how like we're all so used to seeing the white stem mushroom that has the red cap and the white dots, yes. you know, it's like, oh, those are so cute. Those are poisonous ones, They are, yes. you know, and I'm like, oh, how funny that the, the iconic mushroom that everybody kind of thinks of is a poison. Right. There <laughs> is, I do remember this, there is two different types of mushrooms that grow on a tree. They're not, they don't come out of the ground and they're like in bunches in the trees. One is very dark colored skin. The other one is really white. And I do remember the, the few times that our parents would take us I remember running over to the real white ones. And I remember calling to my dad saying, oh, these are those ones that taste really good. And he walked over, he went, no, those are the ones that are poison. And he pointed to a tree. He goes, the brown, dark ones are the ones that aren't poison, which you would automatically think it would be reversed. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's one of those things, right, that it seems like in nature, the bright, the color, you know, the pretty is poisonous, dangerous, venomous, even in animals, right? The bright colors and stuff. Exactly. Same exactly. thing with the mushrooms. Right. Same um, thing. You know, so, uh, yeah, I actually made like a little mushroom jar that she ended up getting for Christmas. And it was in making, trying to figure out what kind that I wanted to make out of clay. That's when I learned that. And it was, there's also another type of mushroom that mimics um, another. So the mimic mushroom is the poisonous and it looks just like the non-poisonous. Which I think to, these were. You have to like flip them upside down or something and look at the scales underneath the hood or something. Like you actually have to really, really... Well, they're not scales. They're those little, yeah. like lungs or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, see, this is why I don't eat mushroom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and who was the first person to go around being like, what does this thing taste like? And <laughs> probably you know. caveman. That you would know? be my guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We go around putting things in mouths and being like, did that one kill? Nope. Okay. Try this one. And you know? what they ate, probably poisonous mushrooms wouldn't have bothered. They probably would have been just fine. Yeah, right. It's our weak bodies that can't take the poisonous <laughs> mushrooms. <in. laughs> but that, that's interesting. You would think though, you know, buying that cabin in the woods, like the, the haunting story to it would have been so much more dramatic rather than just like, moving some mushrooms around on the shelf. I know, but yet he saved their lives. Yeah. And this is like the one odd story so far, I think in all of our podcast stories where the ghost was actually helpful, helpful. and not trying to cause, um, right. He, he, stress. when he saw her come out of the bed, out of the bedroom, he ducked into the bathroom because he didn't want to scare her. So he wasn't trying to scare her and Bill had just caught glimpses of him. And he sort of stayed awake, I think because he visited all of his relatives, he knew exactly how long he could stay before it would cause physical problems. 
And, but yet he wanted their attention. I mean, he could have went, he, I said to him, what would you have done if they hadn't called me? He said, oh, I would have came down here and broke them. He says, I, I would have broke every jar. He says, they wouldn't have had them. He said, and they wouldn't have. He says, I would have made sure there was glass everywhere so they couldn't save them. I said, mm -hmm. well, that, that was good. I says, it wouldn't have taught them not to pick them again. I said, so this was actually good that you stuck around to give them the lesson. And mm -hmm. he said, yeah, but it's like I said, there, that he did go the light and that made him happy that he could stay with as long as he wanted to, whichever one of the kids he wanted to stay with. So that was good. Now, now the acquiring mind, if the ghost can move and manipulate objects, right? Moving jars around. Why can't they pick up a pen and paper and write like those ones are poisonous, moron, don't eat them? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe they can. I don't know. Like, how about just write a note instead of doing the tedious, like moving them again? Right. You know, um, yeah, I always, why not just write a note? <laughs> you know, because it's too simple. And, and, and I don't know if they can, I mean, well, I guess they could, if they can move a jar around and put underwear in people's drawers, why can't they write a note? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I'm like, if you, if you, if A, then B should be possible too. Yeah, right? yeah, it should. Well, I know, you know how some people try to get their attention. I told them to stick a note, like on the refrigerator that says, uh, go to Johnson's funeral home when there's a service, you can get to the light that way. Uh, in the last six years, I don't know what's been wrong with ghosts lately, but they will tear those notes down. They don't want to see them. And if it was a house that had more than one person living in it, I would say, well, somebody's being a smarty pants and just tearing your note down. But this has happened in three different houses where they lived alone. So all of a sudden, the ghosts don't like notes being left out for them. I wonder if these are the particular kind that wouldn't want to go into the light for whatever reason. And so just the Probably. idea of having to do it. Yeah, but see what that did, which they didn't realize, they thought that was going to eliminate a visit from me. That didn't work because right. that freaked him out when the note got torn up. <laughs> Marianne, you got to get here now. So like, can you speed that up some? Yeah, right. Right. And, and see again, like, okay, tearing it down. What stops them from picking up a pen and just writing ha, 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 or exactly. not going to do it? Or <laughs> Right. Now, I had one, I remember the whole story. I'd have to think about that one. I had one that actually wrote a, uh, a couple words on a dirty trunk of a car and believe it or not, it was not wash me, but <laughs> I've seen that and, but I've never seen them write on paper. I've seen them leave notes on a typewriter, apparently on a computer Notes on apparently there's also some kind of well, I imagine there's all kinds now, 
but there are appliances that are electronic that like if your refrigerator is low in milk, it'll pop on your on the device on the refrigerator by milk. Oh, you can add to the list. Apparently, you can leave notes on a microwave too. Ghosts have left notes on those, hmm. not physically, not holding a pen or a pencil in writing that I know of. You would think the the manipulating the electronics would be harder because that's circuitry and programming versus just picking up a pen and like writing with it. So we're going to have to add that to the list of questions. Another another question. That's right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be grand if we could get a panel of ghosts? That would be. That would be really. <laughs> I got to give that some thought. Like how to accept. I know that when they're close to one another, it affects their energy. So it would have to be a pretty big room where they were sitting at least four feet apart because it would make them, it they wouldn't be comfortable. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. I got to think about that. Well, well, now we, now for once you have homework. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, thank you for listening, everybody. This was a fun story. Um, a cabin out in the woods and the worst thing going on is mushroom jars being rearranged. Uh, I mean, what's the, that's, that's probably like the best you could hope for, honestly, is like, oh, they're just moving around the pantry. Right. And this is why I think some people never call because this is so insignificant. And it's like, well, there's nothing really wrong going on. And, you know, it's not always dramatic. It's, but it saved their lives. For once helpful. Yep. So we'll catch us live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And let us know what you thought of this. Um, are you a fan of mushrooms? <laughs> Do you know which kind maybe they had in those jars that should be avoided? You can come and ask questions and uh, just say hello on YouTube, Marianne Winkowski on uh, Goddess Elite, Twitch, and uh, Facebook with the same names. So come say hi. Let us know what you think of the episode. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.